Hey guys and girls, welcome, welcome to, to Single to Sealed. I'm Jerry, your host, and here with me is my co-host and wife, Brianna. As members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, we have dedicated this podcast to helping fellow Christians navigate the treacherous waters of dating all the way to the winding roads of marriage. All are welcome in our podcast family, and we are so excited to have you here with us. Be sure to subscribe, follow, or favorite. Let's talk. Welcome back, Single to Sealed family, the S2S. How are you? We are so excited to be with you guys today. And to introduce our guest, we have an incredible guest, and many of you guys probably know her. Her name is Al Caraway. Thank you for joining us today, Al. Hi, thank you. How are you? We're doing great. We're so excited to do this podcast with you today. We have a fantastic topic to cover that I know you're passionate about and a lot of our listeners will par- probably be very passionate about as well. Woohoo! It'll be fun. So, yes, it's going to be great. This and is we just where all the fun havers are, so welcome. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> and we just want to introduce you a little bit for those that might not be familiar with you or or maybe have just heard of you. Al Caraway is a convert to the Church of Jesus Christ, a writer, multi-award winning international speaker, and author of best-selling books, Wildly Optimistic, More Than the Tattooed Mormon, and Cheers to Eternity. After a decade spent in Arizona and Utah, she is now living with her husband, Ben, and their three kids, Gracie, Christian, and Mercy, back where she was raised in New York. She has spent the last 10 years traveling worldwide, inspiring others of her conversion and faith through difficult times. Her passion is to tell everyone that happiness exists and it comes from the gospel of Jesus Christ, that he's real, and how to find and love him in the hard, in the unwanted, and the unexpected. Because through it all with God, we have every reason to be wildly optimistic. I think that's such an epic like bio. <laughs> it sounds amazing. <laughs> I love the part about being wildly optimistic. That's like the goal that we want everyone that's on this podcast to have with the attitude towards dating. We've talked about the anxieties and the stresses and and me hating dating, but that's just the perfect phrase. Let's be wildly optimistic about our opportunities that God has in store for us. It is my life motto. <laughs> It's a great motto. I have something a little bit off of dating that I have a question for. You've traveled a lot. What has been your favorite place that you've traveled? Oh, you know, I don't know because I don't get to sightsee any of them. It's like I know mm-hmm. places by their airports and their convention centers or church buildings. So <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Well, Anything out of the country was obviously awesome. Oh, I bet. So where have you gone outside of the U.S.? Denmark, every province in Canada, but of course I live on the Canadian border, so it's not as exciting when you like kind of live in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> um, Denmark and Norway and New Zealand and yeah, everywhere in Canada. And I'm very close to reaching all states in the US. <laughs> <laughs> they're all great, right? They they're, all have yeah, they're all members fine. of the church who are awesome. <laughs> Well, we actually lived in Manhattan for about a, almost a year uh, before we moved out here to Indianapolis, where we're at now. So we, we share your love of New York. I know you're ah, in upstate, but still. Okay. It's a, it's I remember a great speaking state. in Indianapolis, too. Yeah. Probably about two years ago. Great. We're enjoying it so far. We've been here, what, a year and a half now? We just bought our first house. So, so did you guys move around country. a lot? Because we move around a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'd say we were moving around a lot up until this point, Mm -hmm. but that's mostly like single adult life. Like once we got married, like we moved from Provo to Salt Lake 
and then from Salt Lake to New York for school stuff for a year, and then to Indiana. And then to, our, to an apartment in Indi- Indiana, and then now we're in our house in Indiana. I think it's in the cards that we'll stay here at least for a while, but we'll we'll just see. <laughs> How do you feel like like things have changed with COVID in New York? In New York, New York is still very strict. Um, Traveling is insane. So I've had a few people ask me to go out and speak still, and it's just not worth it for me going back into New York State. Very strict. Um, The schools are still very strict. Um, If they have any absence at all, they have to get COVID tested. My poor four-year-old has had to have that thing in his brain like four times. It's it's strict out here still, yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. I I just think about how awesome New York was, and I remember seeing videos of Times Square being empty, and it almost made me cry. I was like, man, I I never thought I'd see a day you know, when something <laughs> like that was happening in, in New York City. Nonetheless, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, we yeah. got out of there the winter right before everything hit, so we were lucky to be because we were right in the city too. So that would have been we were like fifteen minutes from Times Square. train so would have been bad (laughs) and our roommate that we were living with when we were living down there was totally quarantined for that whole year so that was not very good for him okay well we have a great topic for our listeners today do you want to introduce what we're going to be talking about today al we should i i don't know let's talk a little bit about dating or maybe lack of dating or maybe dating people who are mean we could talk about anything Let's let's talk about your experience. Your experience of dating, especially as as a convert. Do you know dating d- didn't exist until I became a member of the church? Uh, really? I have so never what was it like before. Well, you don't. It's never. It's not official. I've never ha- heard the word date in my life. No one asks you on a date, and even if you technically go on one, you don't call it that. It's just you want to grab a drink. You, you know what I mean? And it's so <laughs> uh-huh. casual that I don't think anyone's even asked me to be their girlfriend. It's just sort of you slowly move in with each other and it's just like this <laughs> unspoken. But I have never been on an official date until I was like 22 years old um, and I was in Utah, moved across the country. And and wow, is there a big emphasis on dating? dating that I think it's a different world different world when you're not in that culture I don't know that's crazy to me that you could be how old are you said in your 20s yeah I'm in my 20s well I mean you heard of dating but it just like wasn't it's not what it is now it's not like an 1800s idea like no, it's just like ago. yeah you go out with your friend and maybe you meet some guy wherever you go and if that it's just like a casual texting casual like let's go grab lunch like it's not like will you date you want to go to you want to go out with me i'm it's just like the lingo <laughs> is so far off it's just it's night and day i can't even put it into words i don't know so when you started dating did <laughs> I mean, like when you started the dating, I guess, in the terms that we speak of, did you like the change? Well, I am, if you couldn't guess, a people person. And I knew almost right off the bat if I was going to be into someone or not. And I usually wasn't, but <laughs> but <laughs> I I loved it in a sense of I 
talking to strangers is just, it's just, it's my favorite sport. <laughs> I, I love it. 10 out of 10 times I will go out of my way to talk to a stranger. And so dating in that sense was so fun to me. I loved getting to know what makes people tick. And even though there's no connection at all, like I'm going to, I'm going to talk to you and it's, I'm going to love it. <laughs> oh, I think that's a really great way to look at dating. And we're always talking to our listeners about that too, is they look at dating so strictly in the form of is he going to be my husband or not? Or is she going to be my wife or not? Instead of looking at it as, as an opportunity to meet someone and learn about someone and learn something new and possibly make a connection and just form friendships. And so I think that's a really great way that you look at dating as a way to just meet people. Oh, yeah. 10 out of 10, out of 10 times I will look and think about what can I learn from this person? What is great? about this person. Cause for me, especially as a writer, my inspiration comes from everyone else. So you said it was pretty easy for you to communicate and get out there and talk to strangers. Like, do you feel like being in, where, where'd you, where did you go to? Did you go to Provo? I did live in Provo. Yeah. I mean, I lived in Utah for nine years, so I was all over both valleys, Salt Lake and um, Utah Valley. When I first was there, I was in Pleasant Grove, but then I did make my way to Provo. I didn't go to BYU because I had already finished college while I was back in New York, but I did, I was in, you know, the school for my singles ward. And so I was like the 227th ward when I was there. <laughs> um, it <laughs> yep. was interesting. It was, it was you know, interesting. <laughs> Please elaborate. <laughs> what what well, was the biggest struggle you faced? They just, boys just didn't want to ask me out. They just didn't want to. I just never got asked out. It took a while, actually. Actually, moving to Utah in general, not just boys my age and potential people who would want to date me, the state in, in general, the entire state treated me like this modern day core horse simply just by looking at me. So I had a really hard time with everyone, let alone people I wanted or could have dated, you know. Um, so that was actually step one for me is trying to figure out, wait, for the first time in my life, I have to deal with something so foreign foreign, and something which seems so bizarre and out of my control, which is how I look. You know, I can't change how I look. And so if no one wants to talk to me, well, what kind of life is that going to leave me with? You know, if this is where I am, if this is where I feel God wants me to be, and it's just 100% rejection in every way, shape, and form, even just going to the grocery store, it's like, how am I moving forward with this? Um, and so really, step one for me before I even got to dating was a lot of learning and loving myself. And honestly, I think if you are not there yet, with you as a person, that's got to be step one, because I just don't think other people you I mean, you can't put the responsibility for someone else to be responsible for your happiness. Um, and so I really invested a ton of time in learning myself, 
um, loving myself. And because once I became confident and comfortable with me, everything else just sort of became noise. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. all of that negativity, it just, it didn't necessarily really change or go away um, for years, really. Uh, But, but I changed what I looked for, you know, my perspective changed, my confidence changed, being sure in myself, you know, was almost, almost unbreakable. And so I think that was a good foundation for what was going to be sifting through these people and their perception and reaction to me as a person, which is obviously a really personal thing to have someone do get to know you and then react to you and then decide about you. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I have a question to follow up that in in a culture that was telling you all the things that were wrong with you, how did you find that confidence and that love for yourself? Because like you mentioned, it is such an important part of dating. How did you, where'd you find that, that love? Oh, a hundred percent God. Now, when I joined the church in my twenties, my early twenties, um, I lost everyone, my, my whole family, every single one of my friends. And, and I didn't have anyone that I knew that was a member as a support or a lifeline. Like it really was, I got baptized, I lost everything. And all I had was this supposed God, um, and these pamphlets on, on prayer and these bullet points of, blessings that maybe are real and maybe I could get if I trust in in him (laughs) and so Mm -hmm. um I just the only thing I had was God and in every way was it exactly what I needed to get the only validation that is reality and so really what that looked like was yeah a lot of longer looks in the mirror it was, yeah, listening more um, to my reoccurring thoughts. I strongly believe that it's our reoccurring thoughts is one, how God talks to me, but two, just like your soul bringing you down this path that it remembers and, and we don't. And so um, I, I, I was mindful of what I felt called to do in my life, regardless of if someone was with or without me. And so once I took a chance on my reoccurring ideas, hopeful that it was God, um, became sure in what I thought God wanted me to do, um, I just started working on that. And really what came from that is writing and public speaking. Because of the time I took to invest in me and God while I was single and waiting or whatever, I blossomed my biggest passion in life, the things that make me feel filled. And so really it could just be a good self-reflection of thinking, what do I like doing? What do I want to be doing? What do I want to be working towards? What do I think God needs of me right now in this season? Um, and, And it's just, how can I keep moving? I think one of the worst things I could ever do is stand still. I think that's, I think that's a, a grasp of the adversary. And so 
you know, instead of getting upset, which I did, it took me a little bit to kind of snap out of people's perception of me when I moved to the West. But once I did, it's just, um, yeah, I just, I do what I felt called to do and, and everything else, you know, kind of just fell into place as a, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> no, that was amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think, I think a lot of our listeners will be able to relate to that, not necessarily in the same exact position as you, but our culture tends to tell people a lot of things about themselves and ways that they're not worthy or not welcome, I guess you could say. And I love that seeking God's confirmation first and and blossoming in that time of waiting or that time of patience, I should say, because waiting gives the idea that you're standing still. But patience is a more godly thing. So I think that's that's really rough. I, I can't imagine being in this situation where you've lost everything and you're putting your, your faith in God and you're wanting to find a partner. And then you get to this place where you find there's a bunch of people who could be suitable for you. And then like you get rejected based on your appearance. Like how I can't imagine how that, how that would feel. And I, I want this to be a kind of wake up for people who are listening to this podcast as well, that they can realize the kind of, the kind of people that we are being are supposed to be like, like Jesus, those listening to this podcast, this is a Christian dating podcast. So all of us together can say, a good example for us is to be like Jesus and you know Jesus wouldn't have seen her in the congregation and immediately said oh she's not someone I can date because she has tattoos on her arm you know that's just and not he, how it would be and you know it wasn't even just ta- tattoos but you know what one of my most I, I feel like this is my um I think like seventh or eighth podcast I've done this week <laughs> oh wow and the one of the most asked questions is, well, people are so mean. And this obviously can come in any form because even now being um, on social media, uh, I mean, yeah, like people are so mean and you just wish that people were different. And something that I've learned in the course of, well, really day one of being a member, I have never been treated <laughs> the right way or as you would hope especially within the own community and I think what I've learned very early on being treated treated so poorly um, even before dating was on my mind before I got there was I just you know you just wish that you could just wave this wand and people could just understand or people could just change or could people just stop doing this or that Um, But really, it's so counterproductive to have that way of thinking of other people. It's going to be so frustrating and destructive, really, to yourself if we spend our time thinking how you wish other people could be different and change. And so what I learned as a tool that helped me moving forward in other situations, yes, like dating, was what is in my control um, that, you know, what, what can I do? Because I can't change other people and thinking that I can is going to only ruin yourself and and your brain and your spirit. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that's just, yeah, you know, being sure in yourself, but yeah, guys, they'd look at me and immediately be like, nope. But even just being in the West, um, 
just people like me, the way that I look is not that common. Tattoos, yeah, I do think it's pretty common out there. But when you're covered like I am, um, usually what I found, I hate using generalities, but what I have come to notice is a lot of people get tattoos um, and they're members of the church. And it's kind of one of those things that they do as they're stepping away for a little bit. And so people just assume just like that, just in one quick glance of me, that I'm from Utah, uh, that I was brought up exactly how they were with the knowledge that they have. And I am actively going against their God. And just by looking at me, it immediately becomes personal to them because they see that as an outward action of going against the God that they love. So not only it's not even about, oh, that's ugly or, oh, you shouldn't do that. It's like, wait, I feel attacked because she, you know, she should know better. You know what I mean? She's going against Mm -hmm. the God that I love. And so it was, it was personal and it was deep just in first glance. It was never a thought to these people that maybe I'm not a member. Maybe I just moved here. Maybe I'm a convert and I'm doing better than you are. You know what I mean? It just, other, <laughs> other variables didn't seem to cross their mind, but things, there was a, a point where I was going on dates, um, years, actually, you know, I was in Utah for a few years and then when dates started to pick up, it maybe they liked the idea of me. But then there were people who just, they couldn't get over the fact that I had a past, whatever that means. And then they couldn't get over the fact that the rest of my family was not a member, that I didn't have this family in their faith. Um, a, you know, they didn't like that. I already graduated college. They didn't like that. I lived by myself with no roommates and that I had a savings account. They didn't like that I didn't know how to bake. They didn't like that I was independent, that I was already in doubt. It was just like this really long, bizarre list of things that I heard from these silly boys that I was either too much or too little of something for them. It was weird. Second dates uh, never happened. (laughs) That that's crazy to me because a lot of those things that you listed is something that I wanted <laughs> in girls, like to be that active person and proactive and not just waiting on, you know, a guy to have to carry them through all these things. I think that's amazing that you were able to find a lot of that happiness and, and independency. Well, clearly you weren't in Provo the time that I was there. <laughs> yeah, obviously. <laughs> I'm not I'm not every guy and I can't well, I can't speak for every guy, but that's the reason I married him was because he's one of the good ones. So <laughs> and, yeah. you know, I was I was engaged to someone uh that I didn't end up marrying. We had a date in the temple. And do you know what he says to me? He says, You know, I usually actually um only date brunettes, and I'm like, okay. Now, mind you, we're already engaged. And he tells me, this isn't the way he said it. I don't remember the way he said it. But he did say word for word, I just know I can find someone better, is how he broke off our uh, engagement. Now, going back to what we said earlier, is how do you get to a place where hearing that you are not enough or you're too much or you know what, I know I can do better. Now, we don't 
we want to get to a place where other people cannot break us down. And yeah, maybe it hurts us because I struggle. <laughs> that made Marilla sad uh, because the last thing uh, uh, any woman wants to hear is you're not good enough. You're, you're not pretty enough. So I, can, I could do better. That is the worst thing a girl could ever want to hear. But going back to what I feel strongly is step one is loving yourself. (laughs) Because if you can get to a place where other people's perception of you ain't none of your business, that everything else becomes noise, then you can move past all of this negativity to continue in what should be fun getting to know how other people work, learning from other people and being inspired from other people. I just feel like whoever you are listening, listen to me, (laughs) listen, you beautiful thing. You do not need to be any more or any less of anything for others. Do not ever waste your precious time trying to convince someone else that you're worth their time. If you are doing that, halt and run, run in the opposite direction. Do not ever let someone else pick your life for you. Always pursue what makes you feel filled, single or not. Always go after what you feel called to do because that should not change by others. Because if we're not doing what makes us happy, single or sealed, we're missing the point. So refuse to let anyone tell you any different. Enjoy being the newest member into the self-love club because it is freeing. Everything about me tells me I should not be doing what I'm doing because what part of a heavily tattooed person should be a poster child for the LDS church? Who, (laughs) when you look like me, should be traveling to all these different countries and different states in church buildings, Um, you know, but I'm doing it because I refuse to let anyone else tell me how my life should be. And I feel like if you get to that point, Life is more vibrant. Even dating can be, you know, blossoming. And then you know for sure you will not end up with a Joe Schmo who will cause you problems for you being you in marriage. So that was amazing. And I love that because it kind of ties in with what you were saying in your book. I have this highlighted paragraph that you said. And it says, in relation to this book about dating and marriage, I want to give a shout out to those who may be losing hope in finding a spouse. I've been there. I can relate. And I'm sending hope and prayers your way. I definitely got married later than I wanted and later than the norm. I went through the process of creating a mental list of all the things that were wrong with me because my marriage hadn't happened yet. I wasn't skinny enough. I wasn't good en- a good enough homemaker because I didn't know how to cook or sew. And I didn't look temple worthy because of my tattoos. And then he went on to say, I'm grateful that I was patient enough to wait to meet my husband. And I'm grateful that I didn't settle or compromise. So you didn't marry just a Joe Schmo. Okay, Al, so how did you know that you weren't settling when you met your husband? Well, there were things that I knew. Well, I mean, you always have this idea in your head, like, oh, I want, I want someone tall. And you know, I want, 
someone funny. And you know, was that really what I wanted? Because there's tons of tall, funny guys that I have met. And it was like, er, no, nope. <laughs> so really it was, what was most important to me? What will I absolutely, I, I cannot, I can't, you know what I mean? I just, I can't budge on because it's so important to me. What is that? And so for me, it was like, wait, I gave up literally everything for God in this church. I refuse to let someone hold me back to what I can become with God and where I want to go after here. And so for me, spirituality was hands down something I refused to budge on because it was my everything. And so to me, I felt like I needed someone who could understand, well, me as a person, obviously, what I wanted to do, where I wanted to go, and they could help me get there. They can help push me to be even better, and they can help me and be an aid to me on my weekdays. And so for me, spirituality was the most important part. And if you're not tall and you're not funny, you know, whatever, (laughs) because, because I was going places with them still. And so, I mean, I just, I think there's a lot of uh, stubbornness that comes with me and maybe it's because I am from New York, but I refuse to let someone rob me of this beautiful life because I'm only here once. And it's not unrealistic expectations of, you know, I want X, Y, and Z to happen. It was just I want them to just let God take us somewhere better. You know, when we fight or when we need to problem solve, I didn't want that to be a question or not, if we were going to turn to him or if we were going to listen or if we could trust him. I just wanted that to be a sure thing. And so when I did meet my husband, um, it really was a spiritual connection first more than more than anything well so what gave you that confidence then like what gave you that confidence that he understood you enough we I mean the very first time I ever hung out with him (laughs) we did a live session in the Salt Lake Temple um And so it was a it was everything about us was spiritual related because that's really who I am. I mean, shoot, I read scriptures on Instagram live every single night. I'm kind of just a unique uh I'm all in. And so if you're not there, it would be very easy to fall wayward. You couldn't keep up with me. And so if you could, I mean, that's a good sign. And I'm already public speaking. I was traveling way too much because I was single. And so I I knew that if you couldn't keep up, like I'm not changing for you. I'm not changing for anyone because I'm doing what I feel called to do. Obviously, I can change in other ways and I want to be better and I want to be more helpful to him or whoever I would marry, you know, but there are some things like it's just me and I'm not changing. And so the gospel was every part of us. I made it be that way because that's who I am can you keep up? Can you be there? But, um, I think really, obviously like, um, learning how God speaks to you, uh, is, is a good key element with that. 
listening to your feelings. I mean, God, everything good comes from God, including feelings. So I felt like I could hear him. I I was starting to understand God speak to me. And so I could kind of follow direction that way. But man, it just clicked so different. I mean, you hear that a lot, but it just clicked different where I'm like, yep, 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 yep. It's him. It's him. I just know it. I just, it's just, it's just right. I just know it just clicks. So I remember when uh, Brianna and I were dating, we were probably together for only five or six dates now. I guess we're not even together at this point, but we're dating each other. And uh, I remember we went to do baptisms for the dead in, in the it temple. Was our fourth date. The fourth date? Mm-hmm. Fourth yeah. Date, I remember. And did you think that was weird that I asked you to do that? No, I didn't think it was weird at all. I thought it was really cute. I remember roommates and like friends that would say, what the heck? Like you're going to the temple with her already? And I'm like, what's such a big deal like about that? I was like, why Why are we making this weird stipulation around the temple? I was like, don't you think that a girl would find it endearing that I want to spend time doing temple work with her when my life is based around spirituality? Especially <laughs> when it's something we know that everyone sh- does or should be doing, right, frequently. So why do we make it such a taboo thing when it's a natural occurrence <laughs> in our culture to go to the temple? Like, you should be going to the temple. It's just have have your conversations, you know, where are they with things? What are they wondering about? What are they struggling about? What are your goals? If you feel weird about the temple, you know, whatever. <laughs> but, <laughs> but if we go back to the original question, like, you have to know where they're at with things. You got to know. You have to try and limit all of them, if you can, the amount of surprises for marriage. There should be no surprises going into marriage as far as who they are, what they're wondering about, what they struggle with, and what they want to work towards. And and yeah, what they feel called to do. Can you help them with that? Can you support them in that? Um, yeah, just getting to ask those questions. It should be a natural thing. Like communication, it's gotta be, you gotta just, you just do it. That's <laughs> You know, I don't know. So how long were you and your now husband together slash engaged before you got married? Well, so we actually never met each other in person and we pen paled each other for over a year while he was serving this mission. So actually all of that small talk, all of the gospel talk, because he was a missionary, we already got it out of the way before we even met in person. So when we did meet in person, it was like, we've been friends for years. Um, and so it was, it was just one of the first things we even brought up. It was really only the only things we really talked about. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, we pen paled and when you pen pal, I mean, you really talk about everything (laughs) that you wouldn't normally talk about, but you know, we had such an interesting courtship because I was, it was the summer coming into the summertime and I was speaking every single night at these girl camps every night for every week. We never watched a movie together until we were a year married because I was traveling so much. And so you really get to know someone um, because every day we joke saying we had a car courtship because every day I would go to work and then we would drive and we would drive sometimes 
three, four hours just to get to wherever I was speaking and then drive another three, four hours to get home. And we did that every single night, the entire time we were dating. We, we missed his family dinners. We missed the birthdays because he just, we just drove together. And if you really want to get to know someone, just get in a car with them and drive. <laughs> Go on a long car ride with them. You'll, you'll find out who they are pretty, pretty quick. So did your, did your husband ever complain yeah. about all these trips you were making? One, one time. Um, no, he never, no. Cause you know what? I was even flying at that time. I was even leaving him for the weekends to go to, you know, and speak. It was just, and, and one time it, it bugged him. We were leaving general conference. And this was when a blog post of mine went viral at the same time as me being on the cover of LDS living magazine. And it took us three hours to get from the conference center across the street to where we parked. And we were, he just bought a ring. He hadn't proposed yet, but he already bought and had the ring. And he very quickly got pushed aside (laughs) and stayed aside for three hours. And he was mad. He was mad because it was his time with me and he didn't get that. He needed to share me. And Wait he, to interrupt really quick. He was pushed aside because you were talking to a lot of people. People were coming up to you. Is that what it was? Yeah. Okay. Everyone physically pushed him aside oh, to no. get to me <laughs> and meet me. And they lined up. And he was like, wait. And, you know, it wasn't just that day. I mean, that one was a little extreme because it was, yes, three. It was three hours. But it it hit him. If I'm with her, my life will be different. My life will be unique. And and am I okay with that? Am I okay with having to share her? Am I okay with her doing things differently, leaving on the weekends, spending, you know, sacrificing time in the car? Like, that's just how, that's who she is. Am I okay with that? Am I willing to be part of that? And, you know, if you can't get your spouse on board with those things that make you feel filled, then you're going to have a lot of issues in life. So are you on the same page? Can you be there for them in those main important big things? Um, Or can't you? Those are good self-reflection questions. And once he realized, you know what? I'm, I'm doing it. I'm in. I love seeing this. This is this is what brought me to her really is who she is deep inside and this is and this is her and, I, and I'm here for it. And ever since he made that mental switch to support me, we have not once fought about me speaking or traveling in the ex- in our existence since then. In our almost 9 years of me leaving for sometimes a full week out of the country and he's home with our three kids. It has not once ever been a fight or an issue because he was on board. Now, yeah, I mean, it'll be different for smaller insignificant things, but, but those big, you know, those big things of who you are, I mean, you know. So the reason I asked you that is because we, we have said this same thing already on this podcast is that you have to voice these expectations of what you're looking for to somebody before you get married. And imagine, you know, if one of his expectations for you was, I want you to travel 
half the time that you are now. Or I want you to be at home with our kids all the time. Like that would change who you are and your whole dynamic, right? You probably would have been like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> you know, and so he, he had to be willing to meet that standard of where you were already. Compromise. And once he did flip that switch, as you said, and 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 realized what it meant to be with you, it couldn't become a topic of argument because that was part of the agreement yep. like when you when you guys got married and i think that in a smaller scale because you know most people listening to this aren't going to be in a situation where their significant others being pushed to the side at conference <laughs> where, where you have to think of about it like this is like when i was with brianna uh, i told her you know i i plan to apply for physical therapy school and i'm going to be going somewhere so do you have something in your life that you need to be doing here? Or if you're with me, are you willing to pick up and go like with me to wherever I go to school? Like that had to be a discussion. It couldn't be like, oh, you know, like, we'll we'll figure it out later because later it's going to become a, a cause of contention because this is a big change. And so she she knew this and she agreed that if this is something that I was going to do, that she would come with me. That's I think that's a smaller scale example of that similar situation. No, that's the perfect example. Um, like I said earlier, go into marriage with hopefully zero surprises. What What is important to you? What is important to them? Talk about everything. And, and, and hopefully there are no surprises of going into marriage because... Because it's just good to, to figure it out before you're, you know, sealed the deal. <laughs> oh, 100%. And I feel like we talk about a lot in our podcast the importance of not accelerating the physicality side of a relationship too quickly because then you miss out on those opportunities to be able to have these types of discussions. I mean, you guys are a perfect example. You spent so many hours in the car driving. That's hours to just sit and talk and get to know each other. And I feel like a lot of our culture nowadays has become all about what we've talked about before, like NICMOs, which is the non-committed makeout, right? Or things just accelerate too quickly and then you spend your whole time making out or being physical instead of having those good conversations and really learning about one another because you're going to have the rest of your marriage to be physical. But this time of, of dating and really getting to know the other person well is the most important time because you're selecting who's going to be your eternal companion for forever. And yeah, I think that's something that needs to be focused on a lot more as we're dating is really having those deep conversations and those good, inspired, open questions to learn more about the other person. People often ask me what they think is the appropriate time for an engagement. Like or or just for someone to be together, how long does someone have to be together before they can get married? Which is obviously a hot topic for people, especially in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, because we all know someone who was married in a, in a month and we know somebody who was married in three years. Well, I mean, to me, there's there's not a right answer as far as time. It's a, it's a right answer as as far as quality that's spent with somebody. And so for Brianna and I it got to a point where we were seeing each other every day, having these deep conversations every day and putting everything out there every day for like four months. Well, if someone's not doing that and they meet less often or they only have these deep conversations maybe once a week for a year, I mean, they're going to be behind us already because we've already talked about so much stuff and connected with each other on our deeper level that it got to a point where I was like, if I don't know by now that I want to marry you, then we're probably not going to be together. 
Uh, agreed. Now, it's funny because pre-baptism, um, I dated. Like, I was... Well, I lived with everyone I dated. With. That's our culture. <laughs> if you're dating someone, mm-hmm. you live together. Um, and my shortest relationship was two years that was my shortest one and I remember thinking oh my gosh if it took me two years to find out I don't really like someone I'm never getting married (laughs) like that like that's (laughs) it I'm doomed (laughs) um and then you know I met Ben and we had wrote I don't know how you want to calculate time but we wrote each other for over a year and we talked every single day because he was allowed on he piloted Facebook his mission he was allowed on every day for an hour and we talked but uh, yeah I mean we got married in August he came home from his mission end of February married in August but you know it got to a point where it's like when you know I mean, you just know, like, who cares about other people in their timeline? But make sure you know, and you just don't do it because you like the idea and because he's cute and because you're just excited. <laughs> um, you got all that fades, right? <laughs> and really, you get down to the core of the person. And exactly. You have to decide if the core of the person is someone that you want to be with. Yeah. Which is why I'm so surprised that Brianna likes me. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Well, one thing I really love about you and your husband is from reading your book, and listeners, if you haven't read her book, Cheers to Eternity, you have to read it, is I feel like you guys are kind of twin flames. Like you guys, I mean, of course, he was raised in the church, and so it's a little bit different, but he did have his own very powerful convergent story and in his time of kind of feeling alone and then coming into himself. And I don't know, I think you guys just make a really beautiful, compatible couple testimony wise. And when you were looking for someone to date, was it originally Ben's testimony that drew you into him? Or what would you say was what kind of drew your attention to him as a person or a potential partner? Oh, a thousand percent. Um, yeah, I mean, I talked about that spiritual. Um, I had to have that spiritual connection and kind of like that spiritual um, attractiveness to him. Someone that can see where I want to go and help me get there and, and be strong and be what I need him to be on the days that I'm not. And he always says he married up and I always say I married up. And I think that's why we do really well together. Cause we both view each other as someone who can be there for the other person. Um, yeah, I mean, ultimately, it's like, what is most important to you? To me, my my soul is most important. The fact that I am literally only alive once is my driving force. Are you going to ruin that for me is my driving <laughs> force question. Um, so you're, you're either helping me or like, bye. And so he just, he did he just it's just right he just it's just clicked just right like he really and you know we have different personalities a hundred percent um a hundred (laughs) percent but they piece together so perfectly to be able to have that compatibility and like I said it's those important things it's so good to be different absolutely but those important things to be on the same page for is what is going to make, you know, things better because life 
It's extremely hard. I cannot, I just, there's no way anyone could have prepared me for the challenges I was going to go through following the year 2013. There's no way. And I just can't have someone to go along with that with me and make it worse. Like, I want to move forward with someone who are going to make those hard things in life easier because I believe that life is hard and marriage should be a tool to make those hard things in life easier. Um, not viewing them as a business partner, you know, but but just knowing that he's his own person and I can't change that. And I am my own person and I can't change that. We, we are our own people, but instead of, you know, seeing what bugs you about someone when you're married, <laughs> being like, this is, you're your own person. I think that's amazing. Well, I think you guys are a fantastic couple. And I love that. I love that you said marriage is supposed to be a tool because it makes me think of in the Bible where where God says it's not good for man to be alone. And I think that it leads back to that is God knew that this life was going to be hard. He knew we were all going to have our fair share of challenges, whatever they may be. And he knew that if we marry the right person and have the right partner in life, it can help make all our burdens lighter and help us have the strength to face all the trials we're going to have and be able to have that person at the end of the day who's going to be there to support us and to cheer us on and to lift us up when we need that. Yeah, I really appreciated everything that we've shared in this podcast, just from the ranges of getting getting to know yourself better and loving yourself and building your relationship with God and just letting other people think what they want to think, but say, forget you, I, I am who I am. And, and there's so much power in that. And we really appreciate all these things that you shared. And so before we close the podcast here, I'd just like to ask uh, if you could wrap up by telling us you know, what, what is maybe the most important thing that you learned from your dating experience that you would impart upon these people today? Self-love first. <laughs> Um, talk about the important things uh, and know know where you want to go and if they don't like you forget them who cares who are they anyways just kidding <laughs> <laughs> I love that though <laughs> it's true self-love first that is so awesome and we invite everybody who's listening to this podcast to do that if you're not already doing that I'll tell you what it's so liberating to to do that that doesn't mean that like your appearance like doesn't matter at all like obviously we want to we want to try our best to to still look clean and be good people <laughs> you know but but Take like care that of yourself is, please yeah that doesn't mean like you just do whatever you want and look like a i don't want to say a bum i don't want to be rude to anybody but like you you need to you need to still have a, a dignified appearance is what i is what i would say you know i just i remember for the longest time mix matching my socks before it was popular and they were selling a mix match in the stores <laughs> and and people would look at me and and just have this judgment and why do you mix match your socks because i want to because <laughs> i like it because this is how i express myself because you're embracing your quirks yeah and that's just how i've always been and that's still how i am today and many people would say that about me that like the last thing i'm thinking about when i'm in public is 
what someone's doing, like, or, or thinking about me. I've, I've worn my Snorlax onesie to, to the store with my daughter because she wanted to wear PJs with me. Like we've done that, you know, and I, I don't care if there's people who saw us doing that. I just, I was living my best moment and, and that living our best moment all the time is what we need to bring to the table and someone that we're dating because, oh boy, I feel like that's also going to be an attractive force. When you see somebody who has that self-confidence, it makes all the difference. And that's totally what I saw in Brianna. Like she just had this self-confidence that I didn't have to give her. She was already confident in herself as a person. And I love that about her. Well, I would like to just reiterate that, you know, God created us to have joy. Like he says in the scriptures, men are that they might have joy. And he wants us to find someone who brings that joy to us. And I feel like Al's such a great example of joy. Just you just radiate this light and this love. And I know just from talking to you and just following you on social media that it's because you have that relationship with God. And in the end, it doesn't matter who else validates you if God validates you and helps you feel that worthiness and that love. And he's the number one person who's gonna be able to give that to you in its truest form. And we're just so grateful we were able to have you on and that you made this time for us to come on the podcast tonight. We're, we're very excited for our listeners to hear this. Yay! Good. Well, I had fun. <laughs> yes, you did say that this was like your eighth podcast this week, and we know this was your favorite, so we're exactly. really happy about that, too. <laughs> it is! You don't, you don't have to say it out loud. <laughs> My favorite, but we know it in our hearts. yes. Well, listen, COVID came, and if you're a, by nature a public speaker, and they, you ripped, you got it ripped away from you, this is my close best second, so this is fun for me to do. <laughs> just yeah just let me yap and i'll feel happy (laughs) but thanks so much again for joining us and thanks again everybody who listened to this podcast and we're so grateful that you take the time to do so and we we love having you join us if you enjoy single to sealed be sure to invite your friends to help our podcast family grow if you haven't subscribed followed or favorited be sure you do so you don't miss out on any of our great content Thank you for joining us today as we help you move one step closer to sealing the deal. We'll We'll see see you next time. time.